wanted to do is there's something that I was once told by when you read gospel stories in particular or incidents in scripture, to sort of, if you like, close your eyes if you like, and put yourself there. Just don't just read it, don't just listen to it, but in your mind, put yourself there because then you get a better understanding of what the Bible is saying. So if you can do that right now, we're going to read from Mark chapter 5. It's a little bit lengthy, but it's a story I'm sure you're familiar with. But what I want to read it, not just tell it, is I want you to sort of enter into it. There's a crowd of people. Jesus is in the midst of this people. And you're on the front of the crowd. And so, if you like, almost close your eyes and just quietly think as I read this. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. And the woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she had suffered greatly, a great deal under the care of many doctors. And she spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Think you get that frustration sometimes? You think, um, Concentration I put into my life with God, and things seem to get worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came to the and she touched his clothes because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was free from herself. Once Jesus realized how it had gone out of him, he turned around to the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding, crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, Who touched me? Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Be peace and be free from your suffering. What a wonderful relief for that woman yeah. at that moment. What a wonderful relief. But there was a person standing there, Jesus. He was anxious. He was worried. He was upset. And I think in his heart he was saying, Jesus, what would you do? Please, please, hurry. That person was here. He pointed in earlier verses. There was one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus. They near Jesus. He fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be able to live. So Jesus went with it. But then Jesus stopped because of the incident which we just read of the woman standing there. Now, I can imagine that man standing there, anxious, upset. Jesus, please move, hurry. 
adultery, dying, greed, is horrible. He was impatient. But don't you think he was justified? If you don't, we'll put this out there. The daughter is dying. Mm. And Jesus, he seems to be unconcerned. He, he concentrates on this woman. Yes. Well, George said, no, she'd been waiting 12 years. Mm. He'd probably been waiting for an hour. He's anxious. He's waiting. And Jesus turns to him. Before somebody has come up to him and said, Your daughter's dead. Why bother teach for anybody? And he put himself in that man's mind at that dreadful moment, terrible moment. But Jesus was still speaking. And some men come to his house, some house of Jesus, from the house of Jesus, and the synagogue ruler, your daughter said, they said, why don't you teach anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid. Just believe. Mm -hmm. Now, how would I react to that? But Jesus said, it's too late. Why did you stop? Quickly looked after the woman later. She'd been waiting 12 years. She's used to it. My need is the greater. Mm. But Jesus simply says to him, just, just be a little. In other words, wait upon me. Mm. The thing I find in scripture is that I never find Jesus praying anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Never seen Christ. I wonder why that was. A reason was years ago. Control, yeah. absolute control. We panic, of course we panic. But we have to remember that in any situation, if it's a crisis or even some menial thing that we're worried about, Jesus is in control. He is God. He is never in a hurry. There's another little instrument too, when in John 11, when Mary and Martha were waiting for Jesus to arrive because Lazarus, their brother, was desperately ill. And when Jesus eventually did arrive, Lazarus was dead. What did Martha say to Jesus? She said, Lord, if only you could, this would not have happened. She questioned Jesus. And I think I would say, what did you become when you sent for me? Five days has passed by, and Lazarus is dead, he's in the tomb. And her sister Mary comes to Jesus and said exactly the same thing. You know, why, why didn't you come? If you'd been here, this would not have happened. They were anxious. But what they they couldn't realise and experience the patience of that moment because of the anxiety overcomes the patience. The Bible is full of anxious people. I think one of the greatest illustrations of the children of Israel in the desert, they've been liberated from the power of Pharaoh, 
and its slaves centuries. And they've been promised a new land. And that God is going to deliver. And the deliverer had arrived from the person of Moses. Yeah. And he's led them out by the plagues from the hand of the hotel. And they travel out to the promised land. They've been waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. And now they were on the journey. Didn't they want to be there? Uh, uh, I got in their mind the things that they were going to do when they got to their promised land. They were going to, they were going to have their farms, they were going to have their houses. But the families were going to be together and they were going to live a life free of slavery. Didn't they think they were going to run there and get there? They journeyed for 40 years yeah. in the woods. I'm sure a greater number of them never saw the promised land. Yeah. They had the promise. They knew it was there. But they didn't have the patience. The times they turned to Moses and said, you know, we would have been better off if we'd have been in Egypt. If we hadn't brought the out. They got thirsty, they had droughts, they had famine. They went through the trials of desert life. And yet on the horizon they knew there was a promised land from God. You know, that goes for some patience. Yeah. I think I can know over and over again, I think. Where is this going to happen? Where is this going to happen? If you ever sign up to God, God is going to be the most quicker. God, if you'd have done this, if you've done that, patience. What a fruit to try and follow. The side said to Jesus on more than one occasion, Lord, when you will restore your kingdom to Israel, even on the day of ascension, when Jesus rose up to heaven, they asked this question, is it now that you're going to restore your kingdom to Israel? And they saw him ascend to heaven. The angel said to them, you don't need to stand there gazing up into heaven. Same Jesus has gone into heaven Turn the same way. He's come down from heaven. And then they were told to go into the world and to preach the gospel. He's wait for that coming. And that's where we are even now. We're still right. waiting. Are we impatient for the return of the Lord? Or are we saying, well, it's never going to happen? Never going to happen. Solomon, his great wisdom, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that there is a time, mm. a season for everything right. under the sun. Yeah. What he's really telling us is that God's time to live, time to be born, time to die, time for this, time for that, time. There's time for everything. But it's in God's time. Yeah. God's time. Patience and revival. You know, the church praying for revival, and we must pray for revival. Of course, that's what the scriptures teach us to do. And those words that we sometimes read in our chronicles concerning is that it's got a very good passage about revival in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, next bit is important, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin. Now, what needs to happen with the Bible? First, before the Bible comes, people have to repent. That's right. Yeah, and turn from their wickedness. We want revival in our land. Yeah. But I'll tell you this much, we sad to say, but our land is back on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God was left out. I remember one of our politicians coming up to election saying, prior to this, perhaps 12 months before, he said, we don't do that. In other words, he was saying, you know, mm-hmm. We don't, we don't not give people the word of atheists or nonsense. And that's what the nation really is. Yeah. But when it got near to the election, mm. they suddenly did do God. They shrank with them. They suddenly did do God. But people will say it's all the other thing, you know, I'm not religious. It's a very ambiguous word, that I think, religious or don't mind it. But I know what they mean. We don't believe in God. And over and over again, this nation has turned its back on God. And that's why in so many areas of our life, God has left out. And the result of it is his chaos. Different aspects of life, you know. God has left out that. It's not consistent. And we feel the result of it. We need to pray that you know, this country will repent. Mm-hmm. People will turn from their wickedness and turn back to God. When I was a younger Christian, I was part of a little group of Christians in the city. Most of them were salvations from the pharmaceutical. But there was a group, there was about, I don't know, about 20 or 30 years. And we used to meet together once a week for prayer and Bible study and the breaking of bread. We did that paper. And we were looking for revival. We were looking for revival. And I can remember on two or three occasions, I had more months of prayer than my sister. I was only just out of my team, you know, the trains were there. And we prayed all the night. Now, I must confess, I've been praying all the very hard things to do. To keep away for one thing. But we did. We prayed believing in revival. And it happened again a year or two later. We try again to revive. Try to revive. We want to revive. But we want it now. And we want to revive now. And therefore, patience and revival comes together. We're called to wait upon God. Because the day will break. The dawning will come. And God calls out His Holy Spirit upon His nation. And it will be a great moving of God. It's only here that Christ will work. And the Lord will come. And He will return. But waiting. When Jonah went to Nineveh, he got to because he hated the people of Nineveh. The Assyrians were a very cruel and wicked nation. He didn't want to go because he knew in his heart what the God would do to that people. He didn't want to see them blessed. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he wanted God to call him God like the Father. And God still sent him. This one is his heart. He still sent him. And what happened when he preached God's word? Called upon the people to repent. They did. And then the revival took place. And it broke through the battle. And that seems to me how God works. I want to ask you a simple question this morning, because I just know this. Do you believe in the sovereignty of God? I don't mean that He is King, He is Lord of Lords. Yeah. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Do you believe that? Yes. Yeah. The second question is do you accept that? There's one thing to believe in the sovereignty of God, that He is Lord of Lords. Yeah. In other words, to accept it means to become subjective to his will yeah. because he is sovereign. Mm. sovereign. And therefore, in everything we pray for, everything we try to do in the name of the Lord, we have to be subject to his will and his power yeah. to be submissive because he is sovereign. Yeah. We are subject, or we should be at least, yeah. to the king and the new king of England. He is king, we are his subjects. Yeah. God is the king of kings, and we are his subjects. Yeah. And to be his subjects means that we have to be patient and wait upon him, believing that all things are in his hand and his purposes are for him to be fulfilled. Mm. And with that knowledge in our hearts, we can cultivate. Patience, mm. among everything else. Mm. Mm.